Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castro. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Hi, Adam. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm well. It's good. I could be better. I could be better, but yeah. That's good. So we were just talking before we uh, we came on the, the program about potentially us going to to couples therapy. <laughs> So maybe maybe our, our our listening audience can uh, can chime in on this wonderful debate. Do Adam and I need couples therapy? Well, that was interesting. I th- for a second I thought you were going to try and gaslight me again. And I would never do such a thing. I never do that. Try and pit the uh, the audience against me. Never. I would never do such a thing. Even though I am the voice of the people. Honestly, if there is couples therapy for podcast hosts, then you know what? Maybe, maybe we can give it a shot. See, I don't think we need it. I think that you are just very overly sensitive. That's unbelievable. You're trying to steady the ship. Meanwhile, I am the voice of the people. I know what the people want. The people crave ridiculousness. And that is what I bring to the table. Well, I mean, any any duo has to have a a weird guy and a straight man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, that's a way of putting it. The out there person and the down to earth person. I would have said someone that's out in left field and someone that's down the middle. Yeah, maybe that could maybe that could be it, but sure. Sure. Well, I, yeah. I mean, whichever way you say it, that's just, that's kind of the the kind of demographics that you need to have a good duo. Because you can't have two guys who, or you have two people who are the same personality type. Because it just Hell doesn't no. work. It Hell just does no. not work. Because no. then you either have a really quiet show, or you have a really loud show where people are trying to are stepping on each other's toes constantly, trying to get in some sort of bit. True. And there's nothing to keep the keep the, the show grounded. True. In reality. True. You you do do a wonderful job of keeping the show grounded while I do its best to uproot it. Yeah, it's, we're making it's strides good. here, Adam. That was a compliment. This maybe is when you say thank you. Thank you, Bird. Maybe maybe we are in, in therapy right now. Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Where's where's the therapist? How much am I paying the therapist? It's Jake. Jake is our therapist. No, no, God, no. I don't know who would be the basement talk podcast fantasy show therapist. That's a great question. We'll, we'll have to find that one out. Jake would not be the basement talk podcast fantasy show therapist because he would say five words about mediating and then he would go into, so JK Dobbins might be a, a great late round sleeper. I think we may need to go pick him up and stash him on our benches for our fantasy playoffs. So would anything get accomplished with Jake as our therapist? I don't think so. I don't know. No offense, Jake. No offense. But well, I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I was just throw, throwing out a name. I'm a, I'm a pretty good. I'm pretty good at being able to just gauge people and how they are. That is one that I think is pretty much a home run. That we would say immediately that Jake would be the one to turn a therapy session into a fantasy session anyway uh with that being said 
it's nice that we're working on our issues that we have together, but let's talk about this Monday night football game between the uh, Vikings and the bears, which honestly gave me some issues. Adam will kiss and make up later. It's okay. Yeah, this game, this game gave me some, gave me some issues. I just was not a fan of this entire experience at all. No, no, this, um, Adam Thielen had a very nice catch wearing the Alex Trebek cleats, which I loved. That was, I, I saw that and I said, you know what? Adam Thielen can do whatever he wants to do to me tonight. And that, and that's completely fine. But Adam Thielen did win me a, a matchup last night with the two touchdowns. So fair play, fair play to Mr. Thielen. And he clinched me a playoff spot with that performance. So I'll take, I'll take that. But yeah, it was just a, a messy, 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 messy game. The Bears are just completely inept. Uh, poor Allen Robinson, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, are we starting to get to the point where Allen Robinson is starting to not be quarterback proof? Well, he's going to be on his third quarterback of the year, so we're going to find out. Uh, the pro football doc on Twitter said that I think he said basically it was like one of those injuries where you worry more about the actual hit than the result where Nick, Nick Foles is on the cart. He was carted off the field, but uh, after the game, uh, Matt Nagy was like, yeah, no, actually we might be able to get him back after the bye week. It's not as bad as we thought. Right. And honestly, I mean, forgive me for being desensitized to the violence of football. It, it looked like he just landed awkwardly. That is what I said. Honestly, when, when I saw the hit back, I said it just kind of looked like he landed a little awkwardly. It was kind of, it's not the same thing, but it's kind of like the hit that Drew Brees took. Yeah. Only the Drew Brees pit was just nasty. But, I mean, listen, you, you never want to see that happen. It's like, it sounds like a shitty thing to say. It's like, oh, I've seen worse. I've seen- oh, I definitely have. I definitely have. I mean, we've seen three Washington quarterbacks have uh, more gruesome injuries than that. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't even as bad as the uh, the hit that Sam got in the Denver game. True. True. Which should have been, which should have been a penalty, but whatever. Well, well, Greg Williams was out there trying to uh, trying to kill Jeff Driscoll. So, but you want to talk about revengeance? That's revengeance. It's also, isn't it Brett Ripien who was our quarterback at that Brett point? Brett Ripien, yes. Yes, it was Brett Ripien. It was yeah. Brett Ripien, yes. Well, speaking of revengeance, Cordero Patterson had a revengeance game. I'm telling against, you. Against the Vikings. I'm telling you, the revenge games, they were running wild this weekend. Well, he had a, he also, this is like a, at least his second kickoff return touchdown in this stadium. Yeah. Because he, he did it with the Vikings. I guess that was, was that his first? Or one of his first. That uh, was that was his first, I believe. Yeah. So he ties Josh Curbs and Devin Hester for most kickoff return touchdowns. Yeah. With eight. Yep. And the good news for him is that Josh Curbs and Devin Hester are not playing anymore. So he'll pro and he probably has a couple of years ahead of him. He has a shot, especially if Matt Nagy still remains the coach of the Chicago Bears and will probably bring back Cordero Patterson for another year to be the uh their running back, wide receiver, kick return, punt return, Swiss Army knife, then yeah, he's got a he's got a real chance. Yep. But 
yeah, I mean, that was really the only thing for the Bears that uh, was was worthy worthy of talking about from a fantasy perspective besides Allen yeah. Robinson. So one thing you really saw is that the Bears really missed David Montgomery. And just because Coral Patterson is listed as a running back in the depth chart doesn't mean that he can handle the load of a running back where he's just the guy at this point. Because he had 12 carries in this game. Artavis Pierce had three carries, and Ryan Nall only had the one. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I look at it, too, from the Bears' point of view before we move on to the Vikings. I thought the play calling to at least start the game was better. I thought that the offense looked more – it looked more free-flowing. They were taking more opportunities, taking more chances – but it's very clear that Nick Foles is just, he's very limited in terms of what he can and what he can't do. And the pick that he threw to Harrison Smith, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Anthony Miller probably should have caught that, but it wasn't exactly the greatest throw in the world either. So, you there know, are a lot it, of throws. Yeah, it's, it's a combination. Like yeah. It's a combination of Nick Foles just not being able to make every throw in the book and Anthony Miller just not being able to make that catch. I like that they got Allen Robinson, you know, involved early on. Um, but then it just kind of, it kind of went sideways, didn't it? Especially in that second half where, you know, they just couldn't really do anything and the play calling just continued to go sideways. And, you know, it's getting really, really hard for me to see how this regime of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy do make it through now that, We've realized that the Mitch Trubisky experiment has failed miserably. Uh, the Nick Foles experiment looks like it's failing miserably, and they're still attached to at least two more years of that contract. And they're going on their third quarterback now. If Nick Foles is not going to be able to play after the bye in Tyler Bray, we don't know what this Bears team is going to look like. And you got to remember, this was a team that was 5-2, and two, and we were all saying that this was the most fraudulent 5-2 and two team in the world. And, and we now, were right. And now look where they are. Right. So five and five. This deep that that defense though is very, very good. That was the first defense that was able to hold Dalvin Cook and check. And you know, big ups then. That's a very, very good defense, but the offense is just a freaking disaster. And you know, you need you need a head coach in there that'll be able to write this ship. And you know, I hate to circle back and say, you know, do the Bears go and potentially grab another Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. But Eric Beniemi for me, would fit this team just perfectly in terms of you have a guy that has been working with Patrick Mahomes. He can come in. He can potentially work with a young quarterback, whether it's going to be uh, Mac Jones or maybe they trade up for Justin Fields or a Trey Kyle Lance. Trask. Kyle Trask, if, he, if you, you want to put him in the first round, totally fine. They need something there. They need a, they need a spark. And the, the offense, I just felt like the first half, there was something. You know, it looked like that they were able to move the ball freely. There wasn't it, it wasn't tight at all. But then the second half came around and there wasn't that same cohesiveness that there was in that first half. And it showed. It, it definitely showed because the Bears were just not really able to do much offensively in uh, in that second half. But as for the Vikings, look, it was a very, very clean performance. I don't think that there was anybody 
with the exception of Adam Thielen and those two touchdowns, there really wasn't anybody for the Vikings that really, you know, stood out uh, from that I game. I mean, Justin Jefferson night. did really well. Yeah, Justin Jefferson had a, had a, had a very, very solid game. Um, he had eight catches for 135 yards. Yeah, yeah, so. very, very, very solid. But, I mean, I'm looking at the overall picture of this football team, and I just say to myself, it's a very, it's a very bland-ish team. They're not going to be going pretty far. That defense is terrible. But at least offensively, they should be able to continue to produce numbers, at least for the rest of the season. Uh, Kirk Cousins is unspectacular but he'll do enough to uh, get Adam Thielen his numbers. Same with Justin Jefferson and, and Dalvin Cook is probably one of the top four or five running backs in the league and he should continue to get the job done. And it'll be very interesting in the offseason when we have the wrap-up conversations that we're going to have. Dalvin Cook is not tied down to this football team next year and the Minnesota Vikings are very much against the cap. So they are going to have to make a very big decision on what to do with Dalvin Cook. And that is going to be a fascinating one to see whether or not they move on from Dalvin Cook or whether or not they keep Dalvin Cook there. Because I I honestly, I can see the argument for both sides of the coin. Well, is Adam Thielen, do they assign him to a big extension? Mm -hmm. Like he Mm re-upped and then they have Kirk Cousins for two, for I guess one more year or two more years, two more years, two more years. And yeah, I mean, at this point, like, I mean, they traded away Stefan Diggs for this exact reason, right. is that they just don't have a lot of cap space at this point. Really, this team, the Vikings, I don't know if you see see it the same way as I do. This team feels like like bargain basement, the bargain basement Tennessee Titans. It's going to have to be. It's going to have to be. They're going to have to just piece together. No, well, like they're the same kind of team as the Titans, except they are terrible. Um, it's the same sort of philosophy. It's the same, yeah, it's the same philosophy in terms of this being a run first team with a quarterback that just gets the job done, but doesn't do it in a spectacular fashion. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I agree with that. But I also think Dalvin Cook is a better running back than Derrick Henry. And yes, Dalvin Cook hits the open market. Oh my God. You're well, just, you're going to have teams that will go absolutely bonkers to try and sign him you have maybe the jets would try and do that maybe the patriots would try and do that maybe the colts would try and do that those are three of three of the teams in the league three of the top four teams with the most salary cap money for next year listen okay imagine if you will okay a jets football team with either sam Darnold or trevor lawrence at quarterback dalvin cook at running back Denzel Mims, Jamie, and Jameson Crowder, and maybe Ryan Griffin or Chris Hearn at tight end. Oof, God. <laughs> that just screams mess. Yeah. I, I just think the Jets have learned already. They're not probably not going to do that. that they're not, not going to put that. so much money into a running back again. Yeah, it, it's just you're you're going back to past sins if you do it. Well, Where I think, honestly, I think the most sense for Dalvin Cook, and you can – Say it all you want, and I I hate it, but New England, no, in in Indianapolis, yes, Indianapolis Indianapolis makes so much sense. That would be weird, just because of Jonathan Taylor. That would be terrible for For him. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, Yeah, for him. I think. I mean, 
What about like San Francisco? They may not have the money to do it, and they may have other areas of that team that they want to address, namely the wide receiver position. When you have guys like Juju and Kenny Galladay that could be available, so San Francisco could do it. And you have to look at James Conner. James Conner could be the number two guy in this market, and he could end up getting big money from a team that does not get Dalvin Cook if he hits the open market. Baltimore, maybe. Baltimore, though they have they have J.K. Dobbins, they still have Mark Ingram there for one more year on on big money. So I I, I doubt it. Uh, Miami is another one that that could do it. They've been linked to every running back. I feel like on God's green earth. Buffalo for the past probably. three years. Buffalo, I don't think so. I think they have other needs that they have to address. I think they're fine with Singletary and Moss. I think I just think if you add something else as far as a premier rusher to that. Buffalo offense, it, it kind of takes away from other areas of that team. And Buffalo is a very good team. They're not a great team yet. And there are certain areas that they have to address, such as continuing to improve that offensive line, continuing to improve that defensive line. Their secondary is great. Second level, their linebackers are terrific. They just need to keep improving on that offensive line, keep building it and keep doing what they're doing. It just doesn't make sense for me, at least, for Buffalo to go out of their way to pay Dalvin Cook north of $13 million a year, let's say, to come in there and be a franchise running back when this is a team that clearly is completely okay with going and throwing the ball 50-plus times a game. It works for them. Yeah. The interesting thing, before we move on to the waivers, um, there are... Could be a chance. I mean, we don't really know anything about his shoulder, but there could be a chance that Trubisky could be back as well in the picture. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 really has been all quiet on the Western front. Cause I think he went for a second opinion and they said that it's like there's really nothing going on. Matt Nagy on during Monday's loss. Uh, he said that everything is on the table as far as quarterback, a quarterback change is concerned. So interesting. Um, yeah, he he missed the last two games due to an unspecified right shoulder injury, and if he gains clearance to play, then maybe he could. They could turn to him for uh, a, oh my God! Can you believe this? A Sunday night football game against the the Green Bay Packers. That oh is God. the Bears' next game. Oh my Lord! Yeah, I mean, for me, it just doesn't make sense as to why you bench Trubisky and then go back to him. Well, the, kid, the kid's confidence is shot. Yes. I mean, do you really think? I think that Trubisky is probably better for the Bears. As crazy as it sounds, I think he's better for the Bears' offense than Nick Foles is. Because at least Trubisky has that threat of running that Nick Foles yeah. just doesn't have. I agree. That he can make up for the for the deficiencies in the Bears offensive line by being able to be mobile and you can get out of the pocket, make throws on the run. I mean, you saw Allen Robinson was an, was an incredible receiver last year with Trubisky, a quarterback, mm-hmm. for most, most of the time anyway, when yeah. Trubisky was a quarterback. No, you make a good point, Adam. So, yep. Anyway, let's move on to the waivers. We are talking about quarterbacks for the to start as usual. And 
the teams that are on by this week are the aforementioned Chicago Bears. Uh, we have the New York Giants, who are also on by, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills. And that's it. So, Exciting. Big, uh, big names on by. Uh, Wayne Gallman, of course, the uh, future starting running back. No, I'm just kidding. He's not a future starting running back. He's the uh, future handcuff to Saquon Barkley for the New York Giants. He's on by Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, um, Tevin Coleman, you know, whatever the, the 49ers running back situation is. So, yeah, those are the t- players you got to worry about who are on by. Uh, did you know the Colt McCoy is on the Giants? I did. That's kind of weird. I did. Did not expect that. Anyway, I, I was looking at the waivers. I was like, wait a minute. What the hell? <laughs> Colt McCoy? The more you know. Still in the league. Still the most popular quarterback in Texas. Fair. <laughs> nah, I would say Vince Young. Really? Of course, 2007 Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If only Colt McCoy didn't get injured, he probably would have won a championship against Alabama. That's true. But anyway, we're talking about professional football. As much as I love, as much as I've kind of, I kind of like talking about college. Uh, professional football is is the name of the show. And uh, so, as far as like players that you're looking at heading into this week, who are you looking at as far from the quarterback position? as far as waivers and acquisitions and things like that. So this is actually a very healthy uh, week. You want to stream quarterbacks. There are a few that I like uh, a whole hell of a lot. So number three on my list, I'm going with Kirk Cousins going up against Dallas at home in Minnesota. I think that that is one that could be a pretty fruitful environment for uh, for Kirk Cousins to uh, to put up at least 15 fantasy points. I would expect from him probably along the lines of 220 and two touchdowns. I think that that is very, very doable for Mr. Kirk Cousins. Number two on the list, I am going with Tua Tagovailoa going up against the Denver Broncos. He is owned in 45% of leagues, so that is under the threshold, and I am going to roll with it. And number one, it is my relapse. I am going with Jameis Winston, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons. Speaking of, you know how last week we talked about Taysom Hill and like listing and cross listings <laughs> and stuff like that? Yes. Taysom Hill is now listed as a tight end slash quarterback. Huh? Yeah. Oh my lord. Taysom Hill is now cross listed as a quarterback. Oh my lord. Well, I guess if people want to start him, they uh, they can. And can I mean, you imagine? I, oh God! Please, somebody do it. Make my life. Also, I think that this needs to be pointed out. As well, I didn't mention this in my top three. I personally wouldn't do it, but Alex Smith against Cincinnati is another matchup that I think could uh, be very, very fruitful for him. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, you listen. We we have fun about your your addiction to Jameis Winston, but he actually has a really, really, really good matchup. Yeah, this week against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of one of those things where it's not. Two out of left field. Uh, another one, Baker Mayfield going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure. Sure. As well. Uh, I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater's knee 
injury holds up, then that might be an interesting matchup matchup as well. Um, so yeah, worth worth noting. Also worth noting is that uh, Gardner Minshew and Sam Darnold, I think, are both going to be out this week. So it's going to be Jake Luton and Joe Flacco uh, once again. Start the Chargers are what? start the Chargers defense. No, well, the Chargers are actually twenty fifth against quarterbacks. Start the Chargers defense. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So we got that. As far as the running backs are concerned, we have another interesting week for running backs. Uh, aren't they all? But this one, this are. one especially, because of uh, dealing with buys and things, things along those lines. Uh, I can probably guess one is probably one. You're probably going to say one of the Chargers running backs, either Kalen Balazs or Josh Kelly, yep. is up there for you yep. because Justin Jackson is on IR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. That that is one of my three. So my number three, I'm going to keep hammering this in every week. Welcome to the mention of Cam Akers on the waiver show segment. He is number three. You should be adding him. He had the most carries out of the Rams running backs on Sunday with 10. So add him, add him, add him, add him, add him. Pretty please. My number two running back of the, of the week, I'm going with Salvin Ahmed, the running back for the Miami Dolphins. And then number one, yes, Adam. It is, of course, Kalen Balash, the running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. If Naeem, H- if Naeem Hines is available in your league, I would say add him as well. I think that he could be a uh, a nice exploratory ad, but you don't really want to invest in the Colts running backs because that's just a fucking mess right now, to be completely, completely honest. It's um, true. And then some other names that I think are worth monitoring. Uh, if Alexander Madison's available in your league, I think he's a great lottery ticket. You know, go pick him up. Um, maybe if you have something along the lines of Tevin Coleman, is available in your leagues, go pick him up. You could you're gonna be able to stash him on IR at least right now. Um, so you know, put in a claim for him, see if you can stash him on IR for the bye week, and then you could potentially have him next week. Um I would even say if Tony Pollard is available, I think he could be okay as a uh, as like a as like a depth sort of ad. And I, it really depends on what the deal is with David Montgomery, but if he is uh, going to be a long-term absence, then I think I would go and pick up Cordero Patterson. I think he could be, I would say in deeper leagues of like 12 or 14 teams, I would stay. I would say that Cordero Patterson could be a uh, an interesting little ad who gives you, of course, possession position flexibility at the uh, wide receiver and running back spots. Uh, one other thing uh if monitor the situation about about Matt Breida also, because I don't know if you, I'm sure you you saw the news that Jordan Howard was released, yes, waived by mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins, yep. which is I assume is why you put Salvin Ahmed at your at number two on your waiver list. Correct. So, um, yeah, if Matt Breida plays, then that's worth that's definitely a situation that's worth monitoring. Yeah, it looks like the three running backs. There, that'll be used at least most frequently. Will be uh, Miles Gaskin when he returns, Salvin Ahmed, and then Matt Breida. But for now, with no Gaskin, but Patrick Laird in the uh, in the Miles Gaskin spot. Right, exactly. And then 
Um, other than that, that's kind of really it. You got that revengeance game going on for Kalen Balaj, which I assume is why you put put him at number one. Of course, and I would even I would even say uh, if Damian Harris is available in your leagues, I would be running to pick him up as well. All righty, cool. But I don't I don't know if he meets a, if he meets the uh, the fifty percent threshold though. Let me have a look. He's owned fifty eight point nine, but last week he was dropped in fourteen point six percent of leagues. So he he could be available. He, he he definitely could be. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, that's kind of it for that. So for and the wide bo- receiver, bordering oh. on, you know, it, it, I didn't see that he was under the threshold, but I would assume for the most part that Wayne Gallman is owned in a lot of spots. So if, if Wayne Gallman's available and you want to, you know, throw ten percent of your budget on Wayne Gallman, then I think that's okay. Right. Because at least he'll have one more week before Devontae Freeman is eligible to come off of IR. Correct. Uh, speaking of which, actually, we'll talk about this later, but Zach Ertz, I think, was designated to, to return from IR. Yep, he was. Yesterday, so that is that is worth monitoring, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so for the wide receivers, um, who are your top options? Yeah, this is a very easy category this week for me, believe it or not. Number three is Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Number two for the week, I'm going with Josh Reynolds, the receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, to add another pass catcher to the ever-growing list of pass catchers for the Los Angeles Rams. And then number one, I'm going with the breakout receiver from the Indianapolis Colts, Michael Pittman. All right, cool. Some other options. Joan Rieger is still available. He's owned in 37.4% of leagues. Um, Michael Hardman, if he plays... Uh, next Sunday night against the Rams. I mean, against the uh, Raiders, excuse me. And Al- Alan Lazard. Yes, Alan Lazard as well. Alan Lazard is another one I like. Jacoby Myers is still uh, pretty available in 38% of leagues. Um, I'm just kind of going through here and to see who is available that would be worth picking up. There's not really a ton here outside of the ones that I really, really like that Rashard Higgins you could definitely um, give a worthwhile look to I don't know if I would really do it Joaquin Grant that's another one that's another one that I think a lot of people need to uh, take some take a good hard look at is uh, is Joaquin Grant because not only does he do the punt returns but he also had a pretty healthy dosage of looks in the game on Sunday against the Chargers for the Dolphins, four catches for 43 yards on five targets, and he also scored in the game. So definitely something to look at. Jakeem Grant with Preston Williams out. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, And then for the tight ends, this is uh, is another one that's interesting where you have tight ends on by. Interesting? Uh, You mean terrible? Terrible. It is terrible. I mean, there really isn't a lot no. going going for this. No, I mean, I, I don't know who who is you, who are your top picks with a gun to my head. Mm-hmm. I would say Trey Burton is number three. Logan Thomas is number two. Tyler Higby number one. Higby's owned in forty four point three percent of leagues. So, and that's kind of that's kind of with a gun to my head. I'm saying you know Tyler Higby, but. You asked me again on Friday, I could say that Logan Thomas might be a better start than than Higby against uh, Cincinnati versus Higby, who's a Monday night against 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. In Tampa Bay also. In Tampa Bay, correct. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph had a nice game, actually. Do you think that he is worth adding adding if Irv Smith Jr. continues to not play? If Irv Smith Jr. is out, sure. Sure. I mean, going against Dallas, so that helps him. Doesn't always. That helps him. But there's other guys that, that I that I like more. But if you're in a deeper league and you need help with tight ends and your, your tight end is on a bye this week and you're staring down Kyle Rudolph, I, th- I think he's fine for, for one week. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So defenses. This one's actually fun. This is all this stuff is very very fun for defenses. I do uh, I do enjoy going through the uh, defensive ranks on a uh, on a weekly basis. I mean, basically, it's the one thing that doesn't make us depressed because we actually get to talk about defenses that are really really good and not under the radar. True. So, interestingly enough, as far as ESPN fantasy is concerned, the highest projected points for a defense is Cleveland. Going up against Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. Huh. I know. Weird, Interesting. right? Interesting. I, I do not have Cleveland in my uh, top 10 defenses for the week. Very, yeah, very interesting. Very strange. So it's Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Miami, Washington, Chargers. Well, three of them are in my top three. Yeah, it's just not in the same order. So uh, Pittsburgh is my number one. Yes. My number two is Miami against Denver. And then my number three is the Chargers against uh, against the Jets. Yeah, at home also. That's a big At one. home. At home too. I mean, there, there are some other defenses. I think Washington against Cincinnati is okay. Uh, Joe Burrows looked really good. So I don't know how, how excited I would be to uh, want to start Washington against Cincinnati. Uh, Tampa Bay against LA. I think that one is, is, is okay. New Orleans against Atlanta could be all right. New Orleans defense has picked it up over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, Cleveland against uh, Philadelphia. So that's, I think that that one's totally fine too. Minnesota against Dallas. You have to give that one a, a definite, definite look. And then I would even say Kansas city against Las Vegas. I think that one could be okay, especially a Kansas city defense that knows they got embarrassed. And I mean, embarrassed by Las Vegas when they played at Arrowhead now they get to go to Death, Death Star at Allegiant Stadium and take on the, the Raiders again and get that sort of revenge game. So uh, the Chiefs defense, I think, will be definitely ready to play, and that should help at least uh, potentially with their fantasy value for this week. Yeah. What about defense? The defenses that like people drafted, you know, you're thinking about this is probably a bad week for defenses that people actually drafted. Yeah. Where you have. The Ravens going up against the Titans, mm-hmm. which could which could go south pretty quickly, and then the Colts going up against the Packers. Who in their right mind would be starting a Colts defense against Aaron Rodgers? Pay defense against Aaron Rodgers. I would say the Colts defense is definitely a sit versus Rodgers. I actually don't mind the Ravens against the Titans. Really? Yeah, I don't mind them. I have them as my number five defense for the week. Well, that that is very interesting. Yeah, because I, I think I think we've seen Derrick Henry in games where he's going up against good defenses with strong defensive lines, 
we've seen him lay eggs and he just be a very volume heavy running back with, with who really relies on the 80, 90, 100 yards that he gets on 25 carries to really propel him to having a nice fantasy day. But you look at the in-depth numbers, you'll see Derrick Henry averaging three yards a carry, some just a shade below that or a shade above that. And you're saying to yourself, well, Derrick Henry really wasn't that efficient. He just yeah. got a shit ton of work. Well, I mean, that's kind of his whole shtick, really, is that he's... That, that is the that is the Derrick Henry shtick, yes. He's the best he's the best player in the National Football League at running in a straight line. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how that's how you win is you run in a straight line and then True. maybe zigzag occasionally. The closest uh, distance between two points is a straight line. That is correct. Thank you for, for Professor Birdsall. At your service. Yes. Uh this is also a revenge game for the Ravens. Sweet revengeance for the Ravens. It is. Why is this game at, at one o'clock? I wonder. I have no idea. This game should have been the Sunday night game. I'm thrilled this game is on at one o'clock because honest, honestly, this could be one of the worst games that is supposed to be exciting. That could be just flat out terrible. Yeah. I know it's Lamar Jackson. I know it's the Ravens. I know it's Derrick Henry, but it's like, I might be the only person on planet earth that actually cringes watching the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans separately. But then you put them together. I'm just like, oh, God. But with the Titans, I get to see my son, Corey Davis. So it makes it all better. I guess so. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like the uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints from two weeks ago, where we all thought that was going to be an incredible game, a game of the ages. And then it turned out to be a flop. An absolute, an absolute shellacking. An absolute shellacking. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, and I, I should have mentioned this at the top again. I keep forgetting to say this. I'm stupid. Forgive me. Again, this is not a week where you should be spending a lot of your fab for somebody. I don't really think that there's one guy for waivers this week that is a home run league winner that's just sitting on your waiver wire this week. So I would say the max bid you should be spending for fab you're probably looking at, at most, you're looking at 10, 15%. I would not be going heavy, heavy, heavy fab this week because for me, and I know it's it's very different league to league, and there could be someone sitting on there that could be a league winner. Could be, could be, you know, if, if you're playing in some silly leagues. I get it. But for the most part, out of the names that I had said, there for me is not one guy that I will be saying, oh, yeah, that's a guy that will be on, on championship winning rosters come the end of the year. There, there isn't that one guy yet, but he's coming. Well, the thing about this week especially is that a lot of these players are, are going to be – are going to lose their value exponentially once the players that they're replacing come back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you see Kalen Balaj, for example, he's your number one running back ad for this week. But as soon as Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson come off of IR. He's dropped on waiver wires and he could be owned in 0.5% of leagues. He's dropped on the actual NFL waiver wire, probably. Probably, yeah. Or he's back on the Chargers practice squad. Yeah. I would say, I would say though, Adam, that if, there is, if I had to pick one guy for this week that I would say, you know, this could be a guy that wins people leagues, there is one. There is one, but he's not necessarily available in a ton of leagues. 
but if he's available in yours, definitely go pick him up. And we, we've talked about Cam Akers. I've hammered that point, and we all know how I feel about him. It's Alan Lazard. That, for me, could be the guy. I'm not sure, but if I had to pick one, that could be it. Well, he's like the one guy, aside from Devontae Adams, of course, who seems to have an actually nice rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Correct. Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball to. And MVS. And MVS. He's caught two long touchdowns two games in a row. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. So, so you, you bring Alan Lazard back into the picture, and it's another healthy receiver for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. On Thursday, we have a Thursday football game, of course, between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. And, I mean, if it's anything like the one, the uh, Sunday night football game between these two teams, then this should be pretty interesting. And hopefully it doesn't make Bird lose. How much money did you lose on that not touchdown? A lot. Yeah. Hopefully it's not that. A lot. We'll leave it at that. Um, so as far as the injuries are concerned, uh, Kenyon Drake is the big one for this, to, for this game. Uh, he was a limited participant on Monday's estimated practice report. Because as you know, they don't really practice necessarily leading up to Thursday games. It's just like walkthroughs and stuff. So yeah, he was limited, quote unquote, with the ankle injury. He played la- He played on Sunday. So um, it's probably just a, another maintenance thing, but it's worth monitoring all the same. And then for the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, it would be kind of interesting if uh, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are able to make it for Thursday's game against the uh, against the Cardinals. They're going to need to log at least one limited session, I would think, for them to be considered worthy starts. But, I mean, I would monitor that heavily. And if you do own Chris Carson and you're without him again, then you could probably guess that he would be back in 10 days' time. And I think that would be one where you're going and you're picking up Alex Collins and you just start him because it looked like Alex, Alex Collins was the guy that Seattle wanted to use. Yeah, instead of DJ Dallas, weirdly. Yeah, well, I think they wanted more of that bruiser, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carson style of running back, which Alex Collins absolutely is. Yep. And one thing that's interesting that I didn't really know about um, is that Tyro Lockett has quote-unquote, from Pete Carroll, a bit of a knee sprain. And he is day-to-day ahead of Thursday's game against the Cardinals. Very interesting. So, yeah, a bit of a knee sprain. He's questionable. And uh, Greg Olson was limited in Monday's uh, injury report. I assume they're also doing walkthroughs as well, so he's limited. And then uh, Travis Homer, who may or may not be a factor depending on the situation with the other running backs, but he was limited on Monday's injury report as well. So we have that. And let's go to the starter meter, shall we? Let's do it. So as we said on Monday, you're not taking Kyler Murray out of your lineup. Nope. 10. But the running backs are a very different situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, surprisingly, Kyler Murray is no longer the Cardinals' leading rusher. Is it Kenyon Drake again? Yeah, it's Kenyon Drake again. Oh, great. Uh, I would say Kenyon Drake is probably, uh, I would say they're both the six. Both the six. 
They're okay. All right. Um, okay, you mean Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are both a six? Yeah. 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 Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are both sixes. All right. And then, oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my. I mean, listen. If Shaquille Griffin and Quentin Dunbar are once again held out of this game, hide your kids, hide your wife. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be scoring on everybody. Wow. Yeah. That was poetic. It was. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing I need to say about DeAndre Hopkins. He's yeah. good. He's very good. He's quite good. <laughs> uh, kind of overshadows Christian Kirk, who is also very good. And honestly, he'd be starting on, he'd be the number one receiver on a couple of teams in the NFL. Yes. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Kirk. Christian Kirk is like a like a six, like a six as well. Uh, anybody else for the uh, Cardinals receiving in tight end core? Larry Fitzgerald, no. Max Max Williams. No, but I can't wait to disregard Max Williams or uh, Dan Arnold and they go and score. Yeah, it'll happen. Is that a new thing that people? I've seen there are two players in the NFL that spell Max that way. Actually, with Max two X's. Crosby and Max Williams. Yeah, I don't know. What the deal with that is? I guess they're big fans of TJ. They want to. They want to be unique. Yeah. And then for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson, eight. Is Russell Wilson? I mean, listen, you're not taking Russell Wilson out, but are you more apprehensive of Russell Wilson? He's not an automatic start anymore. Recently, yeah. He's not an automatic start. No. If you have, I, I mean, I can tell you right now. I would rather start Big Ben over Russell Wilson this week. Yeah. Who are the Steelers playing? By Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you have if you have Russell Wilson and you're able to get Big Ben, I would start Big Ben. Anybody else? I mean, obviously, I mean Justin Herbert, if you were able to get him also. Um I would start Wilson. Over Herbert. I think out of all the lower guys that obviously you're not talking about Kyler or, or Deshaun Watson or Mahomes or Lamar, I would say the only lower guy that I would start is Big Ben. Okay. Big Ben Wait, I have Big Ben I have as a top four play this week. Would you rather start Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Interesting. Well, yes. the Colts defense is better than the Cardinals defense, so I guess that's why you're saying that. Yes. And then for the running backs, um, it looks like Russell Wilson will, will remain the Seahawks' leading rusher probably after this week because it doesn't look like Chris Carson and Carl Sider are going to be back. Uh, I wouldn't say that pro- it probably won't, but again, they would have to log at least one limited session. But as far as that is concerned, I mean, basically, it's like it's going to be Alex Collins and DJ Dallas, but you like Alex Collins more than DJ Dallas. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then for the wide receivers, of course, Mr. DK Metcalf, a man who needs no introduction. No, no, my, my man child. I love him. He's a great guy. Great guy. Great family man. Uh, DK, DK is like a nine. And then Tyler Lockett, 
if he ends up playing. I think he might, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Uh, whether or not Lockett's gonna play or not, I would say Lockett is. Yeah, he's like a nine if he plays. And if he doesn't play, I guess the the third receiver in that whole uh, room is David Moore. If Tyler Lockett doesn't play, David Moore is probably like a seven. Yeah. And then uh, are the tight ends worth mentioning for the uh, Seattle Seahawks? Greg Olson could be in deeper leagues. Yeah. Yeah, he All definitely right. could be. He definitely could be. Cool. So, with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of this program, the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Quizitational, and the Debate, our new segment, the Debate, where uh, which will be coming out this weekend, and we'll be talking about the retro jerseys, which are great. The uh, NHL retro jerseys. We'll be having that conversation uh, Wednesday. We'll be yep. recording. We'll be recording that Wednesday, and it will be out either Saturday, either middle of the day Saturday or early Sunday morning. I'm not sure yet. All right. Well, definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. And then Friday, as usual, we'll be reviewing the Thursday night game between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Yep. And also previewing Sunday's games. So once again, right. after, after Adam and I go to therapy. Yep. Correct. Absolutely right. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster. We will talk to you on Friday on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.